tantrum in Tullamarine. Yes. Honda hits back at crap price promise critics. A full-on corporate tantrum is the perfect end to a post-lockdown week. Think you'd agree? Details next. Honda Australia will include free Buttertronic Pro Plus Max with every new Honda until December the 31st. While stocks last, not a children's toy may contain traces of NART batteries not included. It's just their way of saying thanks. Because the facts here, dude, so friggin' inconvenient. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. <laughs> for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or, depending how badly I want to mess with your head on a Friday afternoon, you can just click the card that's potentially uh, up there now, dude. If only we could harness the butthurt in Tullamarine today and pump it back into the electricity grid. We'd be carbon neutral by Christmas and the benefits would accrue from there, including, but not limited to, no more reason for the beetrooter to inflict himself on the public concerning climate and continue to ruin Australia's reputation via those chumps running the nightly network news. Nobody deserves him over a friggin' beer and a pizza on an otherwise serviceable Friday evening. Betrutius Maximus, as he would doubtless have been known on the set of Caligula, and his errant vegetables could thus go back to the quiet life out there beyond the city, shouting up at the sky and hoping to catch a glimpse of heaven and begging forgiveness from the big fella vis-a-vis all kinds of fairly recent conduct. Commentary on changes to the way Honda operates in Australia has seen numerous reports published claiming vehicle prices would rise significantly as a result of the introduction of an agency-style business model or indeed have already risen significantly as a result. But that is simply not true. Honda Shitsville there. Not happy, Jan. People saying what they think about Honda in the public domain and using facts to justify their comments. Bastards. Something should be done, like we're all for free speech down here in Tullamarine, but only if it makes us look good, obviously. Hilariously, right, this is just the introduction of a several hundred word epic pacifier. Ejecting press release from Honda Shitsville. Send help, we're taking on water. Entitled, The Truth About Honda's New Car Pricing. The Truth. There's a novel concept in corporate communications, isn't it? They do tend to be pretty selective with that. The Truth. Corporations. We wouldn't want to wear the truth out by using it too often. It's, it's kind of like fixing bayonets. The facts here, right, so inconvenient. Honda does not actually dispute these, right? Of the 18 distinct model grades comprising Civic, Accord, Odyssey and CRV, the total lineups in Australia, 
16 of 18 of those variants went up in price, and only two did not officially change. These official price rises were pretty modest generally, okay, but let's think about the optics for a sec, shall we? It's a hell of an audacious way to usher in an allegedly better deal for consumers, isn't it? To pump up the friggin' prices across the board, 16 out of 18 is a pass, on the very day that you unleash the Honda shit price promise. Jesus. Could you clowns not have just, I don't know, waited a couple of months for the dust to settle? Which is what I would have emailed tersely from the corner office in Monato had I been CEO of Honda Motor at the time. Not much chance of that, admittedly. No reference to individuals as made regarding clowns just earlier. I'm talking exclusively about the conduct of Honda Australia, the corporation, okay? Because they axed what is colloquially referred to as the base model shitter from the Civic lineup, the bar to Civic ownership actually rose by an incredible 6,000 bucks on that day. Well done. Shit price promise. Yes. Sales, of course, have subsequently imploded inconveniently over the following three months to the lowest frigging levels on record. And this is not solely or even mostly attributable to the combined effects of the pandemic, plus them throwing the jazz and the city under the bus on the 1st of July. We could have a public debate about that. Based on the official industry sales figures, they'd lose. The facts are, overall industry sales rose 21% in September. 21% up. Stiffies all around in Tony Weber's office. That's what I heard. Ugly business. Do, 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 do. Don't touch that. T-Dub there, working on a new riff. He's friggin' awesome. My favourite lobbyist. So, industry up 21% in September. Honda down 50% since shit price promise o'clock. That sweet smell. Oh, success. It smells more like napalm to me, anyway. But according to yesterday's high-level tantrum, that is unequivocally an outstanding result, given the scale and complexity of the changes. Feedback on the new business is positive and confidence is high. Well done there, Honda Australia. I see the divorce from the facts has finally come through, so that's nice. Meanwhile, back in reality, I'd suggest that, I don't know, getting the crew of Apollo 13 back was kind of complex. Catching antimatter particles in a magnetic bottle is complex. Simon Vandermeer and Carlo Rubia, such legends at doing that. Boning a few dealers and pumping up the prices, I'd suggest, is a menial, clerical, administrative process, largely, bordering on outright drudgery, were it not underpinned by cortisol and friggin' desperation. It's also shifty and underhanded and unprincipled as a way to exploit a loophole in existing price-fixing laws here in the recently dumbest developed country on Earth. Calling it the Honda Price Promise 
which it is officially known as, is merely taking an emphatically anti-consumer concept and wrapping it neatly in the language of virtue and hoping the dumb, I mean motoring so-called journalists generally, hoping they just suck it up and continue to refrain from hard question asking. The tobacco industry could not manage these communications any better, in my view. So well done there, Honda Australia. But the elephant in the room, right? It's not the recommended drive-away price, nor the Honda shit price promise. It's the difference between the prices consumers actually paid for their new Honda six months ago or something, versus the prices the admittedly few Honda customers pay for exactly the same vehicle today. The transactional price can only go one way under this bullshit rubric. This is Economics 101, okay? And please do not take just my word for this. In a one-price environment for direct-to-consumer, the manufacturer sets the recommended retail price and there's no room for negotiation. So it will result in higher transaction prices. Unequivocal independent assessment there by John Krafchick. He's a former big hitter in the US auto industry. Mr. Krafchick has been a bigwig at Ford, Hyundai, Google and Waymo and he does not appear to have a particular axe to grind on this issue. Mr. Krafchick made this statement while he was being interviewed on the auto industry podcast, Auto Line After Hours. He's highly articulate, experienced, and unimpeachably credible, in my view. The bottom line is, higher prices for you are guaranteed under this bullshit umbrella. Plus, lower margins for dealers, meaning more incentives for them to fleece you via the other channels which they still control, such as servicing parts, repairs, trade-ins, finance, insurance, and add-ons, and things of that nature. Like, dude, where do I sign? Also, because dealers are generally multi-franchised, meaning they sell more than one brand within the one business, even though they make them look visually separate, their resources are going to be allocated to the brands that earn them the most profit, meaning they'll be channeled away from Honda. And I'm talking about support, parts, inventory, technical training, things of that nature. They're all worse propositions for you in the future if you buy a Honda today. Car makers have these tantrums all the time in the boardroom, okay? It's like a routine thing. Rarely, however, are they sufficiently nuclear to make it into the domain of a public denial and bullshit-based repudiation. So this one must have been quite the enthusiastic spit I would have paid handsomely for a ringside seat to that one. I'd suggest if you are on the right track and you know it, you probably would not need to object so vociferously to recent commentary to the contrary. And now, elephant in the room, inspired by you. How does the move to fixed price car sales affect your business model? I get that you cannot negotiate a discount on a Tesla and that might colour your opinion about why anyone should buy one. 
The dealership model is archaic and exploiting its flaws and contradictions is your whole USP. So if other car manufacturers develop sales channels that post prices in black and white, how can you add value? Your public-facing YouTube channel is a public good. It informs many, many drivers about issues that directly impact their safety. If, as I believe, most original equipment manufacturers will abandon their dealerships just as soon as local laws allow, where will your business model find a niche to exploit? That is an excellent question, Marcus, and I don't generally talk about my business that much, but I'll make an exception in your case, so thank you for that. I've been asked about this particular issue several times since my recent reports on this last week, although not quite so well-framed and articulately expressed. So well done there, mate. It's amazing what you can do if you just manage to stay awake for school, isn't it? More people should try that. However, this bit about the move to fixed car prices, okay? That's a false premise, dude. There is no move. Objectively, there's no move. There may be a move in future, but there is no market momentum in this direction at present here in Shitsville. One failing brand out of about 60 brands selling vehicles in Australia, which would be Honda, has done this currently, and its sales have since imploded. It was a desperation move for them. It was either that or back out. And this was also widely documented. Mercedes is proposing to do essentially the same thing on the 1st of January, and the main catalyst for that appears to be that they are one of the least principled brands in the market today, and there's plenty of evidence for this, the gag orders that occasionally leak and other examples of grubby anti-consumer conduct. And because of the way three-prong comports itself in that entertainingly our shit does not stink and the rules, they don't apply to us, manner, they're always at war with their dealer network. So they hate each other and therefore ditching dealers is attractive to them. And they sell that to the head office back in Stuttgart because they claim they can skim more cream off the top, potentially, and you, the consumer, will be supplying said additional cream. Make no mistake about that. So, three-prong Shitsville has just copped a 650 million buckaroonie dealer compensation claim slash lawsuit in federal court. That's a sizable speed hump even for them. And this means any other brands covertly fantasizing about their own dealer boning orgy will have their plans on hold until there's a ruling in the Benz civil case, okay? Including appeals to the High Court, if any. And frankly, that could take years. There is obviously a cost intrinsically involved in transitioning to this agency model for every brand. Essentially, the company has to buy back the franchises. So the core question is, what are the franchises actually worth? Ultimately, if it's what three-prong already paid each dealer for January the 1st, plus 15 million bucks a piece, like per dealership, in additional compensation, which is kind of what the lawsuit wants, if the dealers win, if they get that, then this is a huge impediment and it greatly affects the economics of transitioning, right? Especially if you are one of those big mainstream brands with two or three hundred dealers out there in Shitsville. 
Tesla already sells cars this way, of course, and so does Genesis, the Hyundai spin-off. Genesis sales are roughly zero. Honda sales trending in that direction. Merck is about 30,000 annually here. And I typically don't recommend people buy them anyway. I never recommend Tesla, mainly because the quality and the support are so crap. And ditto three-prong and Honda, incidentally. Current bottom line impact to me is thus roughly zero for this non-move. I typically recommend mainstream brands that are reasonably high quality and which deal ethically with their customers in the domain of support. And to my knowledge, none of them are laying agency model foundations, like covertly. There would obviously be a cone of silence on this, at least initially, but it would leak fairly soon because as soon as dealers get a sniff of this, it would be out, okay? Because they're all against it. Hypothetically, they could all be conspiring right now behind closed doors, I guess. There could also be a giant titanium friggin' teapot full of lizards like 100 kilometres in diameter on the other side of the moon in perpetual geosynchronous eclipse. How would you friggin' know? Anything's possible is what I'm saying, but there's no evidence for a move right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. As Marcus said, this is a belief issue for him. And one can, of course, believe whatever one wants, but I'd suggest that it's probably best to believe only the things you can argue for, preferably using facts. Faith-based beliefs are typically difficult to prosecute broadly because faith is really just a shorthand way of saying, well, I'm pretending to know something I really don't know. And that's not specifically a comment about religion, incidentally, before you get your friggin' knickers twisted and the veggies get gangrene or something. I don't want that to happen to you on the cusp of a perfectly serviceable weekend. It's a comment broadly about faith in isolation concerning anything. Like, pragmatist here, so shoot me. I'd argue there's no industry move in this direction that I can see. Four brands out of 60 is certainly not a move. It's an experiment, and frankly, interim results are not looking that good, are they? Mariana's Trench for Honda, $650 million impediment for three-prong, stalled on the grid for Genesis, and Tesla's really just electric Scientology inside a trillion-dollar bubble currently. Local laws already allow this non-move to occur, like, there's nothing illegal about Mercedes or Honda's shift to the agency model, not that I can see. Nobody is alleging that there's a regulatory impediment to doing this for any car maker who wants to have a crack. The dealership model is also kind of archaic, as Marcus said. We furiously agree on that. It's still friggin' 1965 inside most dealerships, isn't it? Like a bad episode of Mad Men. I'd like to go to a dealership tomorrow based on the JB Hi-Fi retail model or David Jones or something. I want to see CX-5 next to Forrester and Sportage and Tucson under the one roof, door to door, spec for spec. I want to climb into one, climb out of the other one and check them all out side by side. Call me old fashioned. That would unfuck the principal automotive retail landscape significantly in my view, but as I see it, nobody wants to move that way in the industry. The whole thing is predicated on making it difficult for you to compare cars side by side. That's how it's set up. They're not really changing the archaic nature of the model. 
with the agency model. They're just price fixing. They're exploiting a loophole. That's a fundamental economic disaster for consumers because regardless if it's cars or anything else, it guarantees the worst possible price every damn time. It results in equality, certainly, but a highly Orwellian version of equality. It's simply not a solution to the nature of the structural dealership retailing anti-consumer impediments currently confronting consumers like you who want a new car tomorrow. And in closing, to answer your foundational question, Marcus, my business is going to do just fine, even if Harry Potter himself waves his wand right now and it's agency model nationwide at every Schittsvillian car dealership before close of business today. See, brands themselves, themselves and themselves, fundamentally compete with each other for sales, fiercely. And that's not going to change. Happily enough, I capture a shitload of new car sales inquiry right at the top of the funnel. Brands already pay handsomely for inquiry. That happens under the table. You don't see it, but it happens every day. It's like ka-ching, okay? Especially inquiry like this, okay? I tell a great many people things such as, forget the GTI, dude, buy the i30N, or forget the X-Trail, it's a shitbox, buy the Forester CX-5 Tucson or Sportage. I'm unafraid to say this because I am not addicted to carmaker advertising revenue. So that's a point of difference, isn't it? And this is, of course, why Volkswagen and Nissan hate me, because I put you first and not them, and they're really not used to seeing a motoring journalist do that. There's nothing Mazda, Subaru, Hyundai, Kia, for example, there's nothing they want more than a conquest sale from... Nissan or Volkswagen, especially if that customer is primed, right? Ready to rip, coin in hand, gagging for a new car. That's exactly the person they go in search of every day. Like, Jesus. Look at the market capitalization of car sales, right? All they do is capture your personal information, like your inquiry for free on the alleged promise of helping you. And then all they do, this help, is they arbitrage the shit out of your inquiry. In other words, they sell your name and email and phone number, which you have provided for free. They sell it to a local dealer for like 50 bucks a pop. You get nothing except a phone call from a dealer. That's the help. It costs car makers roughly two, two and a half grand in marketing budget to get one punter like you standing on the X on the showroom floor at bullshit o'clock, trousers around his ankles, target lock on the buttocks. That's what it friggin' costs, okay? And let's say, hypothetically, that I know a guy who knows a guy who's got a shipping container being delivered every month with two, two and a half thousand fresh new car sales inquiries inside. Red hot ones, mainly because a horribly abrasive, outspoken, but independent, old fat, bald, non-woke bastard has vetted each inquiry and given that person personal expert advice based on three frigging decades of doing this. Does that look like a revenue stream into the future for you? Because it sure as shit does to me, Marcus. Which is why the agency model really doesn't confront me that much commercially. 
I just think it's a really bad idea for consumers. In other words, an emphatically bad idea for you.